Hello, my name is Andrew Gary, and welcome to Seismic Sound Off in depth conversations in applied geophysics. In this insider's look at reservoir characterization for the leading edge, I'm joined by Dr. Ali Tora, Professor of Geophysics and Director of the Reservoir Characterization Project at Colorado School of Mines. In this conversation, Ali and I discuss the historical importance of this topic, how the techniques and case studies benefit the industry, why multidisciplinary teams are essential in today's industry, advice for current and future geophysicists, plus a look at the papers that make up this special section. For links to this month's special section, visit seg.org forward slash podcast. Now for our conversation. You know, I, I always enjoy reading the introductions to these special sections in the leading edge, especially ones that provide a historical context to the topic. Not being a geophysicist, I really appreciate that background. So for this, this topic in particular, why did you and your co-author think it was important to provide this historical context dating back to 1919? Andrew, as educators, we believe that it's important to know the history of the science. It sparks interest, gives people perspective, and uh, actually helps concepts settle in. So we thought that an introduction is a, really an ideal opportunity for this kind of review. Our readers, our younger generation colleagues, or a casual reader that may not have been exposed to the fact that there's a substantial accumulation of knowledge to get to the point we are here today. So in fact, as you can see from the introduction, it took about over a hundred years to get from the beginning point of physics of reflections to the point today where we can actually use it for successful oil and gas resource applications. So we thought that would be a good way to introduce uh, the special section. You also include a, a figure in the introduction, which I don't see too frequently, and you discuss some of the, a few of the limitations of AVO. Why did you think it was necessary to include that section to introduce this month's special section? Uh, yes, yeah, so our thinking was that um, you know, every technology has strengths and actually limitations. Over time, as we accumulate knowledge, uh, we understand uh, these, these strengths and limitations, and as such, uh, we invent new methods or modifications uh, to make progress. In fact, my philosophy is that a positive result is as valuable as a negative result to disseminate and uh, generate uh, new insights and knowledge. So uh, perhaps the best example for this is Edison. He failed many times along the way of inventing the light bulb, but eventually succeeded. And we learn from our failures as much as our successes. So let's let's turn to, to one of the ones I want to talk about here individually with Foster et al., they apply a new method to two problems or applications of interest for reservoir description. What are these applications for this method? Yeah, so um, at Foster et al., it includes uh, basically first and second order equations, uh, which is a deviation from the conventional uh, AVO method and a very much welcome deviation. The first order is being used for understanding low versus high hydrocarbon saturations 
which has been a big uh, issue uh, with uh, application of ABO methods where we have had unsuccessful wells uh, because we weren't able to understand the hydrocarbon saturation. So being able to do that is extremely important. The other aspect that is important in this paper is the second order uh, equations, uh, which try to address fine scale layering. This is another issue we have where if we have thin layering, uh, we can uh, get wrong conclusions uh, out of ABO data. So uh, this paper is enlightening with some field applications in both of these dimensions. Contreras et al. present three different seismic inversion approaches for their case study, each with their own unique advantages and disadvantages. Could you highlight one of their approaches and what they found? Uh, yes. In Contreras' paper, they compare conventional AVO, AVA approaches uh, with wave equation-based approaches, which are new in our uh, industry. The wave equation-based approaches account for non-primary P-wave reflections. So these could be internal multiples, transmission effects, and mode conversions. In a case where we have subtle AVO changes or um, large contrasts, this development will be more accurate and more quantitative. A valuable exercise, in my opinion, would be to compare these new methods on a single data set. We talked about Foster's paper, Contreras's paper, and each are applied to different case studies. But it may be time to have a case where we consider an example, uh, where we consider a one example and apply the different methods, our conventional AVO approaches, approaches that do first and second order and uh, pool waveform approaches to um, clarify and quantify in the industry uh, what works under uh, what conditions. You know, as the, the program manager for the student program Evolve, one of the major things we stress in that program is a multidisciplinary team. All teams have to have at least three major of the geoscience discipline. So I gravitated towards Web et al. paper, which is discussing how a multidisciplinary team helped the prospects of fully understanding the alpha field in West Africa. So what were some of the unique benefits of incorporating a multidisciplinary team, especially from the beginning in building out the models for this field? Yes, Andrew, um, I completely agree with your observation. Um, in today's world, it's really important to start with a multidisciplinary team from exploration to appraisal, uh, to development, to tertiary recovery, and all the way to abandonment. The key is that the project, uh, as the project moves along, more and more data become available. And as more and more data becomes available, uh, we understand much better what that specific project is about. And that requires integration. We uh, have to talk to the geologist, who has to talk to the reservoir engineer, who has to talk to the geophysicist, who has to talk to the petrophysicist. And um, without that communication, there could be a misunderstanding, which could be uh, costly uh, to the operator. Um, so this paper is a good example of integrated teamwork that in the end provides uh, economic value. And I think your observation is very well-founded. 
What insight did Pindrel and Shooten provide that might improve AVO inversion in their specific instance, exploring a Gulf of Mexico data set? Yeah, in this specific paper, um, this is about uh, constraining or improving what's called the low frequency model uh, that's needed uh, for seismic inversion that's not measured by uh, the seismic data. And for this, we use a priori information. Uh, most of the cases we use well data at the wells. However, away from the wells, since we don't have this information, we have to extrapolate the well data. In this paper um, and new developments in the industry, there's a tendency to uh, use the seismic data horizons and estimate faces from the seismic data and use that to build uh, the low frequency model. So my opinion is that indeed, uh, it should improve the low frequency model in particular away from the wells than just simple interpolation of what's, what's observed uh, in the wells. Obviously caution needs to be taken if the faces are not distinct or uh, the geology is complex, but it is a very good direction an improvement for uh, seismic inversion for reservoir characterization. This particular special section kept you and your editors busy. Uh, it was a well-represented special section with six papers in total, and we don't have the time quite to discuss each in turn. But however, how do you see these techniques and case studies and tools presented across these papers improving the industry? Um, yes, um, as discussed in the introduction, uh, the papers published in this special issue are uh, geared towards uh, how we can advance current uh, well-established uh, reservoir characterization uh, practices like AVO, AVAZ, time-lapse seismic uh, that actually have theoretical limits because of the approximations that are made along the way. Using these methods, we have many uh, success stories, but also many failures as well. Uh, we discussed several cases where you have uh, different um, fluid content in the hydrocarbons that can cause issues or thin layering, for example. Uh, so there is an opportunity to do better. And this is what we were looking at uh, in the special issue. How do these papers speak to the current economic situation the oil and gas industry finds itself? When we talk about the uh, economic situation, we have to uh, really separate conventional reservoirs from unconventional reservoirs. In conventional reservoirs, rock properties are usually uh, conductive to ABO analysis. Our goal is to do better and reduce exploration and development risk, not drilling non-productive uh, wells uh, that actually can cost over $200 million offshore. So this is a very different problem than onshore conventionals or onshore unconventionals, where geophysics is much more diverse than just reservoir characterization and monitoring. Uh, for example, the modern unconventional resources geophysicist has to know or understand uh, microseismic they have to understand uh, fiber optics. They have to understand geomechanics. 
They have to understand how an engineer fractures a formation and uh, geochemistry like tracers. Uh, as you can see from this, we're talking about a much more diverse discipline and a much more diverse uh, geophysicist. Our training of entry-level geophysicists at CSM actually is uh, very, very diverse now. In the old days, it was mostly about conventional reservoirs, rock properties, ABO. Uh, now we teach this diverse array of techniques and technologies for the geophysicist that has to address a very, in fact, different type of problem. What was one thing that surprised you from these papers in the special section? Andrew, I was uh, very pleased to see uh, colleagues in our industry pushing the boundaries and innovating in the ABO domain, in the AVAZ domain, or in uh, 4D seismic. Also uh, pointing out limitations they see that can advance our progress. So I was very pleased with uh, the diversity of the papers we have in this issue. You know, you've mentioned your your professor at the Colorado School of Mines, and you're training really the next generation of geoscientists. If you could offer one piece of advice for someone wanting to succeed in your field, what would it be? I think that um, we have a um, generation that is um, been in the industry for quite some time, and we have a generation that's just starting off. So there's a um, diverse range of always students that learning even in their early careers or experts. My hope is that early career and students see the diversity in reservoir characterization and uh, experts demonstrate uh, these advanced methods uh, that we're working on. So it would be good for our our colleagues that have been working in this area for substantial amounts of time and have substantial experience to try some of these uh, new methods on their own data sets so we can actually learn more and understand better uh, what works, how, they, how it works, and how they advance uh, from that point on. You know, as geoscientists, you all are trying to solve very big problems. And if you could solve just one mystery as a scientist, what would you want to solve? What, do you, what would you hope to solve? It's a big question, and there's probably many answers to this question. In the end, if we think about the oil and gas industry, our goal is to drill uh, successful wells. So... Like we said, in the offshore situation, we're looking at particular characteristics. And in many cases, we expect seismic data to provide uh, this knowledge. And there are limitations what seismic can do if we're using other methods like EM, what that can do. And being able to clearly understand what methods work under what situations, how to make them more quantitative, and where the limitations are for offshore projects, I would think would be the most beneficial outcome. Obviously, as we talked about, integration is very important. 
Because if we don't understand something that someone else has already figured out, we may make mistakes. And these are avoidable, uh, non-technical issues. They're more communication issues. Um, and for unconventionals, you know, unconventionals has been around five to 10 years compared to conventionals it's been around over 100 years. So in unconventionals, we have to realize that we're early on in uh, how geophysics is applied or what the role of geophysics is for these kind of very different class of problems. I think that there's still a lot to be done in this area and there's going to be a much more innovation uh, in this area that can ex help extremely can extremely help uh, some of the operators in this domain in terms of the operations, how they do their completions, um, how to save costs, how to space wells, well spacing, how to stack wells, and what's the best way to do this in particular unconventional basins. There is plenty of work and more papers to be written to go around, uh, that is for sure. Is there anything I should have asked you that I did not? Andrew, I think for this particular issue, this reservoir characterization issue, I think um, we've covered a lot. And it's a very exciting time of um, development in this area. As I said earlier, I think it would be great to think about one field where we can try different technologies to see you know, what works, what doesn't work, and how we can improve those. And also, I would love to see a issue on unconventional resources, reservoir characterization, and reservoir dynamics uh, down the road, where we can discuss those topics in much more detail. Well, I hope that hope we can make that happen. I appreciate your time today, Dr. Torre. This has been a, a very insightful look into the special section for this month, and appreciate your time volunteering uh, on behalf of the SEG to get this uh, great information out there. Andrew, thank you uh, for inviting me to participate in this special section. I really enjoyed it and I really enjoyed talking to you. And I hope that many younger colleagues and uh, experienced colleagues benefit from this conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to SEG's flagship podcast. Please share this episode with a friend, colleague, or manager that would enjoy hearing this episode. Your recommendation is the single best action you can take on behalf of SEG's podcast. Go to our website at seg.org forward slash podcast to find all our episodes and learn how you can listen to this podcast directly on your phone without downloading an app. Original music by Zach Bridges. This episode was hosted, edited, and produced by me, Andrew Gary. The SEG podcast team is Jennifer Crockett, Ali McGinnis, and Mick Sweeney. Thank you for listening. This is Seismic Sound Off, signaling off.